Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. No, no one. No one sponsoring the show. No one. Not a single person. Robert Wally. Oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, great job. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. <laughs> All right, it's now time to hand the mic over to a man. A man that once counted to infinity twice... A man that lost his virginity before his dad did. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back. Relax for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your main squeeze, Cody, a.k.a. the Cultipotamus. And I was lurking along the banks of the river searching for Formula One news. And I found a lot for you today. Wait, hold on. What? Right behind you. What the hell is that right behind you? What? Turn around. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, thank God. It, that right there, that's just my Fermi. And if you wouldn't mind parking on up in there, as it is the parking in my Fermi show, the show that talking all things Formula One, all the news, opinion, discussion, results, reviews, previews, love triangles, crashes, and more. If it happened in F1, and then if I could be bothered talking about it, then it's on the show for you today. What a huge... Colossus, gigantic, mega, mega, mega show we have for you today. Episode 57, coming at you hard. Like you were a lady in the nightclub and this episode was Ted Kravitz. Yes, indeed. Coming at you so hard. If you've missed out on any of the previous episodes, head over to parkingitinmyfermate.com or better yet, look down at that listing device of yours. See that subscribe and follow button? Look how sexy, enticing. Ooh, you lick your lips. 
and gently caress that button with just the tip of your finger. That way you can hear my sexy, smooth, soothing sounds two times a week. Let my voice penetrate you harder than Max does Kelly PK. Socials, fuck yeah, we've got them. At Parker in my Fermi on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. But what is on the show today? Well, we're going to investigate the crash. The crash of all crashes. That's exactly right. The crash heard around the world as Detective Coldy gets onto the case. Bonas potentially going to Alfa Romeo next season. F1 team's getting told off for harassing sassy Michael Massey. Crofty's Love Files is back, baby. And the driver power rankings, ranking all the drivers after the British Grand Prix. Ten races into the season so far. What a huge show. So grab a glass of vino. Change it to something a little more comfortable. A silk robe, a kimono. Or better yet... Just let it all hang the way the Almighty intended. Light a few candles and enjoy the show. In the Formula One paddock, one man goes above and beyond to find out what really went down. Who was at fault? And will Haas ever be good? That man is going in deep. These are his stories. Well, another case has been thrust upon my desk. Time to investigate this. Time to find out exactly what went down and what needs to be done to correct it. There was a crime that happened last weekend. A crime the world is talking about. A crime that we haven't seen before. There was a crash at the British Grand Prix. Max Verstappen and Sir Lewis Hamilton came together, resulting in a crash at Cops Corner. With Max Verstappen crashing into the wall at 51 G's. That was 51 G's. And Hamilton receiving a 10 second penalty, but going to, on to get the race win. Interesting indeed. Who was at fault in this crash? Well, the greatest detective in all the lands is going to penetrate this case like Max does Kelly PK. And like Max... We're going to get right to the bottom of it before exploring it nice and deep. And, and and who knows? We may end up in some shit, but we also may find glorious bliss on the other side. Anyway, I got a little bit distracted there with that uh, that little, little tangent. So, let's look at what happened. It was a glorious first lap, good defending by Max, excellent attacking from Hamilton, and they were weaving back and forth. And then, as they approach the fastest corner on the calendar, Cops, Hamilton looks to go up on the inside. Verstappen was just ahead of him at the time. Let's listen to the audio of the crash itself. And it's lights out and away we go. Once again, Max Verstappen gets a decent start. Not as good as yesterday. Hamilton is right with him. Leclerc is already ahead of Bottas. Verstappen's ahead of Lewis Hamilton going through the second turn. It's the Red Bull, but Hamilton's coming back. Into Village we go. It is Verstappen from Hamilton. Then Leclerc, Bottas and Ricardo ahead of his teammate Dan Lando Norris. Verstappen's going to have to weave like crazy. Hamilton got a better drive off the loop. He will be faster down the Wellington straight into Brooklands. Not going to get a chance to weave because already Hamilton is with them. They almost touch. They go into Brooklands. Verstappen stays ahead. The crowd roar their approval for this. The two championship contenders giving it everything. 
It's not over yet because Hamilton gets another slipstream all the way down the old pit straight into Cobb's corner. These are critical corners for this Grand Prix. Hamilton's going to try again this time on the inside and comes to the touch. Verstappen is out of the race and that's a big crash into Cobb's. Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen coming together. Hamilton continues on. Charles Leclerc now leads the British Grand Prix. And what about the audio from Max's radio immediately following that crash? Max, you okay? Okay, so let's break it down. Everything that happened. Hamilton had enough room on the inside. His car was full of fuel. Tires were probably cold from the start of the race. Bit of understeer. His car swung out and it hit Max. He was going to miss the apex by a long way. Exactly. Oh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. But Max had a lot of room on the outside. His car, yes, was in front and gave Hamilton enough room on the inside. Look, I'm personally leaning towards it being Sir Lewis Hamilton's fault. However, I think we are making far more out of it than it needs to be. If this was Nicholas Latifi and Nikita give him a squeeze Mazepin, then we wouldn't give two shits about it. But because it's between Max PK and Sir Lewis Pussycat Doll, yes, I'm very aware they aren't together anymore. Doesn't work well for my joke though, does it? The world needs to stop and we need to talk about Christian Horner was fuming. Furious Mr. Ginger Spice was ropeable. Let Detective Cordy listen to the audio of this. Michael, have you got a minute? Hello. Yeah, Michael, look, that corner, he was never anywhere near alongside. Every driver that's driven at this circuit knows you do not stick a wheel up the inside at Cops. You know, that's an enormous accident. And it was 100% Max's corner. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, full blame lays on Hamilton, who should never have been in that position. So, uh, you know, you could have had a massive, you know, accident. Thank God he's walked away unscathed. So I hope you're going to deal with it appropriately. Understood, Christian. That's why it's just gone up now that things have calmed down for a second as under investigation by the stewards. Interesting, interesting. Does Toto have anything he would like to say? Michael, this is Toto. Go ahead, Toto. Uh, Michael, I just sent you an email um, with the diagrams where the car should be. Did you receive that? Uh, Toto, I don't uh, access my emails during a race deliberately because I concentrate on the race. Uh, yeah, then you should maybe look at this because there is something with the rules I'm coming up. Toto, go, feel free to go upstairs and see the stewards directly. Uh, yes, Toto sent me a copy of that email. He told me that if I didn't pass it on to five of my friends in the next 20 minutes, I'd have bad luck for 15 years. And 21 minutes later, I trusted a fart and shat myself. So there is some truth to it. Massey gave Lewis a 10-second penalty. And looking through a list of all the penalties that a steward can hand out, that probably does seem appropriate. 
One could argue that a 10-second stop-and-go penalty might have been more appropriate, which would have led to Leclerc winning the race and Hamilton finishing second. That crash cost Red Bull roughly $1.2 million US, according to Christian Horner, in a world where cost caps are a thing and we can't just throw money at the problem. That's kind of a big deal. But end of the day, we aren't here for that. The detective was given the case to work out who was at fault. I'm saying Hamilton. However, I won't be making an arrest today because I don't want to deter what I saw. That opening lap in the sprint and the British GP race was what some of the best racing I've seen this year by a long way. And I want the drivers to be encouraged to go out there and go their fucking hardest. They can't be scared that Detective Caldy is laying down the law. Case closed. But now, it's time for the news. No, no, news, 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 news. Caldy, Formula One news. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Yes, indeed, it is the Pimp News. Whistleman, do your thing. <laughs> Alfa Romeo owner Finn Rousing, 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 and team principal Fred Avassier are understood to be in no rush to sort out drivers for next year and have been open. They will wait until Mercedes and Red Bull have settled their lineups before making a call. Speaking at last weekend's British Grand Prix, Avassier said... We will see how the market is evolving. I think that, as usual, the system will fulfill the places at the top. It means that Mercedes has to take a decision, and then Red Bull has to take a decision. Then, like a domino at one stage, we will have some opportunities on the table, and we'll take a decision at this stage. This is what Toto Wolf had to say about Bottas. Valtteri has speed, Valtteri has character, and Valtteri is a team player. And that last point, very, very important. Which is, oh, as Toto says, very important in the dynamics of a team. This is what Wolf told motorsport.com. I feel that for the last few races, he is very much positive in his approach. And you can see that on the track. He could have been on pole at Silverstone if he would have taken the slipstream. And he finished the race a few seconds behind the leaders. So he's right up there and I'm happy to see that. Asked if the Hungarian GP was Bottas' last chance to prove a point, Wolf said, It is not about proving a point. It is about us sticking our heads together here with and with Mercedes to draw out the future of our driver lineup. We will take a decision over the summer and then we will decide when to communicate. Now, look, I have said on previous episodes right now that Bottas is out. I still believe that. The only thing that could save Bottas is the fact that Hamilton signed that extension. Hamilton's happy with Bottas. Don't get it twisted. Bottas is a puppy dog. He's hanging back. He's letting Hamilton get all the glory. He's up there just doing the team thing right now. You think if they bring in George Russell, Hamilton's going to be happy about that? Someone that's actually going to challenge him? What do you guys think? Do you think Alfa Romeo is a good fit for Valtteri Bottas? I personally wouldn't mind seeing him in Alpine, but yeah, we've got to get Kimmy out of the spot. He's just, he's just lost it at this stage. Head over to this socials at Parking in my Fermi. Let me know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Slide into the DMs. I'll catch you. I'll have my arms open. I won't let you hurt yourself. Moving on, McLaren boss Andrea Seidel believes sprint races won't work everywhere. 
He said, I would say the weekend played out in terms of strategy and ties as well as we have anticipated. The sprint race in the end gave a good picture of where everyone has been in terms of race pace. It was obvious to see that Charles was already very strong and we couldn't beat him. And the same happened again on Sunday. I would say no big surprises and no big learnings from the sprint races that changed anything for the race today. I agree. I agree. And Ross Brown can shove it up his ass. Sprint races, it was all right. It was just, but other than Alonso's start, other than, you know, probably that opening lap between Verstappen and Hamilton again in the sprint, there's nothing to really take away from it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. I was all for more races, but maybe not. If teams aren't going to risk it, if there's no pit stops, if there's no strategy to it, then what's the point? It will work at some circuits, yeah, but not all of them. Let's not do it every weekend. Too much of a, of something makes it bad for you. So let's just go uh, maybe three or four races a year. I know we've got the Italian GP coming up in a few weeks' time or in a month or so's time, and there will be a sprint race there. So uh, we'll, we'll reassess it after that one, and then we've got one more towards the end of the year outside of Europe. Moving on, F1 teams were warned over lobbying Stuart stewards after the British Grand Prix controversy, or controversy as how normal people say. Warner said, I don't think the stewards should be interfered with, he said. They need to be clear-headed to be able to make those decisions. I went to see the stewards because I'd heard that Toto was up there presenting a case. We want it to be fair and balanced, and I don't think anybody should be allowed to see the stewards. Massey initially said he's fine with people seeing the stewards. But however, Massey appeared to have changed his stance and has now warned teams that unprompted visits to the stewards will not be tolerated. In a note sent to all competitors, Massey said that access to the stewards from anyone other than the necessary FIA officials would only be allowed with prior approval or as the result of a summons. Teams have been told that if they were to be found in breach of this, and they would face sanctions under Article 12.2.1.I of the FIA's International Sporting Code. This deems that an offence will be deemed to have taken place if a competitor has failed to follow the instructions of the relevant officials for the safe and orderly conduct of the event. Sanctions for such an offence can range from a reprimand all the way through to disqualification. Now, he's flip-flopped a bit. And in a sport where, you know, so much of it can change, from just someone's opinion. You know, a crash happens. Lewis gets a 10 second penalty. Okay, what if it was a 10 second stop and go? Then all of a sudden Ferrari win that race. That'll be their first race of the year, first win of the year. So, it so much happens just because of the way someone interprets something. So that's why these team principals are trying to knock down the doors of the stewards and plead their case. It's so good that we're actually hearing now some of the conversations over the radio, but I also agree that they shouldn't just be able to bitch and moan for every single incident. Entertaining though, entertaining. But that's it for the news. What do you guys think? Head over to the socials at Parking by Fermo, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, now it's time once again to see what happens in the world of Mr. David Croft. Will he ever find Dixie Normus? Will he ever finish any of the case files? 
And what lady will he sleep with tonight? Find out on this episode of Crofty's Love Files. The night I had just had with Will, my mouth do was bliss. And to answer your question, her mouth do just fine. I was shaking like Max Verstappen sliding off of cops at Silverstone. I look over at my desk in the corner of my office. My latest case was just sitting there, unopened, not even looked at. It was the case to find a missing person, Kelly PK. See, Max approached me with desperation to try and help him find her. I loved watching him beg me to help him, like he was Toto Wolf and I was Michael Massey, giving Hamilton a penalty. I knew I had to head to the chicane. It was a little jazz hole that Christian Horner runs, just down the street. That is the last place Kelly was ever seen. I already had my suspicions that it was Karun Chandok. He was behind this, I just knew it. He was very interested in acquiring all the women for himself. The only problem is, although Karun loved the ladies, the ladies, they did not love him. I look outside and it was surprisingly sunny. The forecast called for rain like it was the Austrian GP, but nothing delivered, just like the Austrian GP. I walked down the street towards the chicane. The streets were quiet, eerily quiet. I walk in and was greeted by the owner, Christian Horner, at the entrance. Uh, Mr. Mr. Croft, your double Midori on ice and your table are ready for you. I was surprised. You knew I was coming? Well, we're always ready for our number one customer to arrive. Did you want me to get your girl on stage? Miss Tongue In Me. Anita Tongue In Me. She's been warming up her pipes for some time backstage. Not today, Mr. Horner. I'm here to ask you about Kelly. Max came to see me. She's been missing. I asked, curious to see Christian's reaction, to see if I could pick up on any clues. It was probably that asshole Toto Wolf. He's always tried to attack Max, especially when Max has done nothing, nothing wrong at all. Of course. Toto, do you know where I can find him? I asked before taking a sip of my double Midori on ice. Well, he was poking around here the other night, talking to some of the girls. He'll be back here tonight. Why not? Why not stick around? Interesting. Maybe I will. I might as well get a need of tongue in me. I'd love to see her up close. I said. I sat back and Christian Warner hurried along to the back to bring Anita out. Oh my god. She wore a dress that resembled the red flag. And it was tighter than the right-handers in Monaco. I could see every curve, every inch of her body. And my front wing just stiffened right up. Hello, Mr. Croft. Mr. Horner told me you wanted to see me. 
course I did. I thought to myself, I, I wanted to see her every moment I can. I haven't felt like this about a woman since I, I lost Dixie Normus a few months back. I continued to look her up and down. Well, babe, why don't you take a seat? Give those gorgeous pins a rest. She smiled and made her way over to me. And suddenly she took a stumble. She tripped and fell right onto my lap. Well, I guess you've found pole position. She licked her lips and I could tell she was pleasantly surprised with what the crofty was packing. She then leant in. She placed her lips on mine. Well, I guess it slides out. And away we go. what we have here. Crofty waiting around at the chicane for Toto Wolf to appear. Will he ever find an answer to what has happened to Kelly PK? Find out on the next exciting episode of Crofty's Love Files. But now, your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats, so many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Oh, stats, 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 yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man, and we have a nice short, sharp, shiny stat of the week for you today. My stat of the week, it is really stat of the one part of the week because we do it two times a week, baby. Yeah. Anyway, let's have a look at our stat of the week this week. We're going to talk about McLaren and just how well they've turned it around over the last couple of years. As we know, they did have a little bit of a setback about four or five years ago, but in 2017, McLaren after 10 races, do you know how many points they had? Two. McLaren had two points after 10 races in 2017. Oh, I don't know. Let's have a look at how many points they have in 2021 after 10 races. 163. That's a 161-point turnaround. Oh, if you don't mind, Lando Norris putting in word. Danny Rick starting to find some form as well. But how's that for your stat of the week? Bada bada bee, bada bada boo. He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good it stat. It was okay. Stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, he's pretty cool. Yes. Bada bada bee, bada bada boo. Bada bada boo, bada bada boo. 
Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for the driver power rankings. We like to do this after every couple of races just to see if there's any movement. And you know I don't mind a bit of movement. On the chart right there to see where the drivers rank, how I've ranked them, and what I say goes, by the way. So if you if you suggest that I'm wrong, come kick down your door and smack you one across the face. Cordopotamus didn't want to have to get angry with my, my little muffins. But that's what happens when you go against the Kudapotamai. He will get angry and attack. But anyway, it's time for the driver power rankings. How are they all going to line up? How are they all going to appear right now? Let's start off number 20. No surprises here. Nikita, give him a squeeze, Mazepin. I've got to put you in dead last. Again, you're not improving. When Mick Schumacher is in the exact same car as you, has the exact same experience in Formula 1 as you do. And he's able to still finish like a minute ahead of you at the end of a race. Like, it's it's weird to me. Because you guys are usually so close throughout the whole race. Then all of a sudden, that last 10 laps or so, he just pulls ahead of you by nearly a minute. What the hell happened? Nikita, you're not improving. You're back at the grid. Go post another inappropriate photo to your social media. Moving on. Number 19. Same reason again, Nicholas Latifi. Now, both of you drivers, 19 and 20, no problems there because your daddies are rich. You're not going to be kicked out of the sport that easily. But Nicholas Latifi, when we can see that George Russell in the exact same car is crushing it on a Saturday. Mr. Saturday. When he is crushing it, getting into Q3 now. Consistently, Q2, Q3. You know, you need to lift up your game as well. Uh, we know that you can do magical things with the car because Russell's doing it. And if your teammate was Nikita Mazepin, you'd be looking like a superstar right now, Nicholas Latifi. But it's not. It's George Russell, and that's why you look like a bit of a dud. So that's why you're 19. Number 18. Look, he's fallen from grace in my eyes. Yuki Sonoda. Now, despite having a good show in the British Grand Prix, I haven't been impressed with him. You know, he's, yes, he's probably, uh, I would say he might be the best of the rookies, but a lot of that's got to do with the car. In terms of where he should be performing, he's not outperforming the car. When Pierre Gasly's doing so much better in the same car, yes, a lot of that has to do with experience. I know, I understand, but yeah, despite a half-decent British Grand Prix, overall, I haven't been that impressed by him. Um, I, I would love to see how he goes in the back half of this season. I'd love to know if, if he's going to improve because I think it is one of these things that's just experience. But in Austria, when you go over the white lines multiple times for the pit entry, that's just inexcusable. When the week before, you raced at the exact same racetrack and didn't do it. They haven't moved the track around. It's the exact same track. But anyway, Yuki Sonoda 18, number 17, Mick Schumacher, now I, I've pulled him up the list slightly. He was 19, 18, he's up to 17 now. I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing from Mick. It is obviously the car is the car is the car sort of thing right now. But you're outperforming your teammate quite consistently. You've had some battles with Latifi in that Williams. You're finishing the races. Your race engineer, Gary, is one of the nicest people to ever hear on a radio. I, I put him on late at night just to help me get to sleep. Just to hear Gary tell me that I'm doing a good job. And he's very proud of me. That's that's why I, I listen to the team radio. Number 16, Kimi Raikkonen now. Kimi's starting to slip. 
He's starting to get that old man. He's starting to slip a little bit, you know? Well, what's what's going on? What's happening out here? Well, what, where am I? What year is it? Who's the president? See, he's starting to... We're going to have to start asking those questions. Look, the guy is a freak. The Iceman, I love him. He is a fantastic driver. Champion of the sport. Raced in five billion races. But Formula One, it's a young man's game. What is he, 40? You know, he's got a... I, th- I think he's out. I think this is definitely last season. I think Valtteri Bottas will replace him there now. And the rumours seem to be getting louder and louder. But in terms of the driver power rankings, he has those moments of brilliance again, but not lately. He's down at 16. 15 is his teammate racing car, Jesus Antonio Giovanazzi. Giovanazzi? Uh, he's been doing well. He's been doing well. Again, outperforming the teammate, which is nice. Um, the cars, the Alfa Romeos, they're very... They're horrible in qualifying. They're, they're probably the worst, other than the Hasses, they might be the worst qualifying car out there. But their race pace is half decent, whereas the Williams goes backwards, this car goes forwards in the race. It's just consistent, it just stays there, it just plugs along. It's like the engine that could. I think I can, I think I can. That is what the Alfa Romeo is on the track. Number 14, Esteban Ocon. Signs a contract, gets paid a squillion. And then what's he done since he signed that contract? Contract? Contron? He's done jack shit. That's what he's done. That's why I've put him in at number 14. I think he's doing better than the rest that I've listed so far. But, I mean, is he doing better than number 13, Sebastian Vettel? No, he isn't. And Vettel had a podium this year. Had a pretty good race. He obviously had to retire. Um enjoy the British GP, but he's a saint. He was picking up the trash afterwards. That's why he's the he's the king. But Sebastian Vettel still got some life in those legs. You know, I, I was expecting him to just vote it in, cash those checks, look for that money, look for that Skrilla. But he's doing all right. He's he's not only you know driving really well in an Aston Martin that is underperforming, um, but he's also yeah he's just doing his thing and becoming a really nice guy about it too which always helps in the driver power rankings and and I as a Mark Webber fan those multi 21 days oh, I don't know if I could ever forgive him but he's on the way he's on the way number 12 George Russell now a lot of people would say why is he not higher you know have you seen what he's been doing in qualifying yes I have Q2 Q3 consistently now you know, we're getting to the point now where we expect George Russell to be in the top 10 at the end of qualifying every weekend. But what happens on Sunday? Qualifying's not what matters. End of the day, you want points, you want race wins, you want podiums. George Russell hasn't finished in the top 10 ever for the Williams. Now, what... what I mean... He's driving a Williams, so yeah, do we expect him to be up there? Probably not, but when you've shown us that you've got a car that's the seventh fastest or eighth fastest out there, you've got to now start stringing those consistent lap times together. You're great at one lap. If you need to set the car up for doing one lap, you are fantastic. You're probably the best on the grid at doing that. But we need you to do 50-odd laps, 60-odd laps. We need you to do that 60 times. Back to back to back. 
That's why you're down at number 12. I still have a lot of faith that you'll climb this list. You'll score your first Williams points. But at the moment, you're down in number 12. Number 11, Lance Stroll. I just like what Lance is doing. He's quiet. He, he's, you know, just going through it. He's doing his thing. He's just looking great. There's not really much to say about that. He's one of these drivers that's looking to develop. You know, he's looking to just get better and better. Um, but he's he's starting to look he's starting to look pretty good. Daddy's rich, so he he'll be sticking around for a while. So that's why it was really important for them to get Vettel in to teach him, so he can learn from him. And I think um, in another year or two, Lance Stroll is going to be one of these guys that's going to be up there scoring points, uh, top five, top six each and every time. Number ten, Pierre Gasly. Now, Pierre's dropped a little bit on my list. I like Pierre. I, I, I mean, we all do. We've all got him in the fantasy team because he's outperforming that car. He's looking really, really good. He's pretty solid. But the last couple of races, just some silly little things happening. Getting into a crash, retiring, you know, just, just not setting those fast times. The, the race pace hasn't been there. That's why you're down at number 10. Number 9, though. Now we're in the top 10, baby. Number 9, Fernando Alonso. I love what you're doing. That sprint, that sprint race, that opening lap. Ooh-wee. Lando, you're looking very, very schmick out there indeed. Looking very nice in the Alpine. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. Not much more we need to say. You're just doing your thing. Number eight, Sergio Perez. Now, you're starting to slip on my list too because now it's been a few results now where you haven't. It's always something though. Like, oh, I've crashed. Oh, I'm, I'm at the back of the grid now. Oh, this, all that. Oh, I'm a blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I can't give you any praise. You've had, you know, you sacri- your team sacrificed you to get a fastest lap time that you don't get a point for because you're outside the top 10, but to take it away from Lewis Hamilton. And I get that. I would have done the same thing. It's, it's, but that means there's a couple of races now where you just haven't been up there. You need to be up there. You need to be on the podium with Max or up at the front of the grid with Max in order for Max to, to pull off strategies against Mercedes. That's why you're down at number eight. Number seven, Danny Rick, he's climbing. He's starting to get on top of that McLaren. He really is like Toto's getting on top of Ginger Spice, and I really like what I'm seeing from Danny Rick right now. Now we've got to string it together, though, because there were a few races ago, about four or five races ago, when we said, oh, Danny Rick's turning it around. He's getting on top of that McLaren. Then all of a sudden it was back to Danny Rick's, you know, struggling to get out of Q1. But now he had a great British Grand Prix. Next up is Hungary. I think he can back it up. If he gets another, you know, top five finish again, all of a sudden we're saying, hold on. Danny Rick's got it. Yes, they've built that car for Lando Norris, but Danny Rick, he's starting to pick it up, and that means this McLaren team, we're not talking about them being the best of the rest. In the next couple of years, we're talking about them being the best. They're going for that Constructors' Championship. Number six, Valtteri Bottas. Now, look. I've got him high at number six because he's not doing anything wrong right now. He's listening to the team instructions. He's letting Lewis pass when he needs to. He's waiting to get the instructions to pass Lewis back in Austria. He's finishing on the podium. He's doing great Valtteri Bottas things. It's just that those first four or five races really set him back. But now he's just, he's in the groove. He's doing the consistent thing. And now all of a sudden you have a look at that Constructors' Championship and Mercedes are only a couple of points behind Red Bull. Red Bull failing to score anything on the weekend other than um, I think Max got a point, obviously, for the sprint race. So 
Yeah, Bottas, you can't fault him. A lot of people hate on Bottas, but he's he's doing exactly what Mercedes need him to do. Number five, the smooth operator, Carlos Sainz. And that, he is, I think Carlos Sainz is the best driver that has landed in a new car this season. Daddy Rick is struggling in the McLaren, but finally getting on top of it. Perez hasn't quite mastered that Red Bull. Has had a race win, though, so we can't really take that away from him. But Carlos Sainz is consistently up there in that Ferrari. Foreign car in it straight away, and he's looking quite good indeed. Number four, Charles Leclerc, his teammate, looking very, very handy now, getting very comfortable in a car that was underperforming, and I think he is one of these drivers that is outperforming the car, able to keep Lewis at bay in that British GP despite losing power to that car for bits and pieces on there, and all the way up to the last couple of laps too. And if Lewis had given, been given that stop and go, like I think he probably should have, um, that's a Leclerc win. Um, but I do look at the calendar moving forward. I think Ferrari are now going to be behind playing catch-up the whole time. And I think McLaren are going to run away with third spot. Best of the rest. Number three, Sir Lewis Hamilton. And I know you're going to say I'm being a bit harsh putting him down at number three. But the two drivers ahead of him have just been better. And, that, and that's all it comes down to. Lewis has done really nothing wrong other than the magic button incident, which we, we find freaking hilarious now. Um, he's raced pretty well. He's, his qualifying pace is unbelievable. Um, you know, in a, in a sport now where we're all writing off the Mercedes, oh, they're not going to win, they're not going to win. Yeah, but Max had like five or six DNFs last year. All right, this was his first DNF this year. You don't think there's going to be more DNFs? So yes, Mercedes are always going to be a chance to win. Lewis Hamilton's always going to be a chance to win that driver's championship as well. He's and he's just been really consistent this year. Other than the magic button incident, he's just racing really well, Lewis, and he just needs to keep it up. Um, that's why I've got him in at number three. But someone has been racing better. Lando Norris, number two. Fifteen races in a row, he's scored points. Only McLaren driver to ever do that. All ten races this year, he scored points. Only driver on the grid to do that. He's now getting podiums. He's now getting top fives. He's looking really nice, really comfortable in that car. All right, especially when he's outperforming his teammate, Danny Rick. We, a lot of people, myself included, thought Danny Rick going to McLaren is going to put Norris on his toes, really make that team better because they're going to push each other. But Norris has said, hold on, I'm not even going to be challenged. I'm just going to go for it myself. So Lando Norris, well done, you're number two. And that leaves Max Verstappen number one. Now, look, I don't think it was your fault, the crash on the weekend. That's why I'm keeping you number one. The sprint race you were remarkable in. You've just been so consistent, those two Austrian races back to back. You, you, that car, you said it as well. The car is on rails. Like there is nothing wrong with the car and you are handling it and pushing it and pushing it and getting two tenths quicker than everyone else most times. So that's why I've got to have Max number one on the driver power rankings. Let's just do a quick recap. Mazepin to Latifi, Sonoda, Schumacher, Raikkonen, Jovan, Nazi, Racing Car, Jesus, Esteban Ocon, Sebastian Vettel, George Russell, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly, Alonso, Perez, Ricardo, Bottas, and then the top five, Carlos Smooth Operator, Charles Leclerc, Sir Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, and number one. Max Verstappen. What do you guys think? Do you disagree? That's how, but uh, I mean, you can. But this is a show that does not take criticism well. Positive feedback. If you want to give us positive feedback, 
I'll open the doors. I'll, I'll let you in. I'll let you sit down. I'll let I'll make you a cup of tea. You can give me positive feedback on my list. But if you want negative feedback, that door's locked, and I'm putting a chair behind the door so you can't even open it. That's that's how I feel about negative feedback. But no, seriously, let me know how I did with the driver power rankings at Parking in my Fermo Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Slide into the DMs. A lot of you are starting to reach out to me, which I absolutely love, really do, and, and it brightens my day, makes my day every time I hear from you guys. So my little kilda pie, uh, my little muffins, reach out to me. I'll be happy to speak back. But that is the driver power rankings. Well, well, well. That's going to bring us to the end of another episode. Episode 57. Episode 57 already? Gosh, I feel like it was only a week ago that we did episode 50. Look at us go. Look at us go. Hungarian Grand Prix just around the corner next weekend as well. So get excited. Hopefully you can all sit back and relax and watch some of the Olympics as well that's going on. I'm uh, loving, loving what's happening over there. The fact that it's going ahead. I'm uh, okay. All right. Well, see how we go. Uh, you know, we don't want we don't want the most elite athletic people in our world to start getting sick and dying from this coronavirus. But hey, we like to put them all in one place and let them fuck. Let us let them breed. Let's get some superhumans. You know, get more of them. So when the aliens attack, we have the Olympic hopefuls that have banged each other. Raise these athletic offspring to fight the aliens that's what I'm waiting for that's what you should all be thinking about at every moment I think about that four times a day anyway thank you so much for watching make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss out go to parkinamyfermo.com if you have missed any episodes but of course as always thanks for listening thanks for listening Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.